Hi everyone, uh, I'm Koshni Totaram, Global Head of Institutional Business at Coronation. And joining me today for our series of investment outlooks in 2018 is Coronation's Chief Investment Officer, Carl Leinberger. Carl, thanks very much for chatting to us today. Let's kick off by just looking at the year that's been. It's been a very strong market, the headline number for South African asset classes and our portfolios, both multi-asset class and equity funds have delivered quite strong absolute returns. Can you talk us through exactly what happened in the markets during the course of last year and what were the key drivers of the returns in our portfolios? Yeah, the big surprise, I think, last year was the strong performance of the SA equity market. And it's quite a, a nice illustration of, of the nature of markets because in the two years preceding last year, we'd had no return from the SA equity market. And notwithstanding the fact that you actually had quite poor news throughout the year, the equity market rallied throughout the year, notwithstanding the poor news. And I think that caught a lot of investors out because it came at a time of bad news. It came after two years of poor returns when a lot of investors had given up on domestic equities. And uh, we ended up having a very strong year with, with equities performing anywhere between 16 and 21%, depending on which benchmark you look at. We were reasonably well positioned with that, with quite a full domestic equity position. And we'd been feeling for some time that there was some value for the first time in, in a long time in domestic equities. Um, but we had decent numbers from all the major asset classes. Bonds had a decent year. Property had an excellent year. And, and global equities performed very well, notwithstanding a strong round in the year. I mean, and just talking about our portfolios, what were the key drivers of performance? I mean, what are the calls that probably contributed most significantly to, to the end return? I think key contributors were a very big position in global equities. So we have been very heavily invested in global equities throughout the sort of rising market of the last eight or nine years. And we retained that position through much of the year. In fact, through all of the year. And within that, we have a, had a very strong overweight in emerging markets, which after having a few disappointing years in 2014 and 2015, followed up on a good year the year before with another great year. And then, as I said earlier, a full position in SA equities helped some stock picks, uh, like a big position in NASPERS. And then some of our property counters also contributed nicely in the year. I mean, just taking a look at uh, the economic situation, the last year, both in South Africa and globally, sentiment was quite poor. Uh, globally in particular, there was just a rise of a lot of populist rhetoric. In South Africa, the political situation weighed quite significantly on citizens and on businesses. What can you tell us about the views of the economies going forward and, and what it means for, for asset prices? So I'll just unpack it first and, and deal with the globe. I think that we are, as most market participants are, we are very optimistic about the global economy. We have synchronized recovery around the world. Although there have been a few jitters in the markets, markets understand that interest rates need to go up and understand that that is good news. Labor markets are tight. So we think that private sector balance sheets are strong and particularly household balance sheets through most of the globe, we can foresee a year or two of fairly strong synchronized growth around the world. Our major worry is pretty much the same worry we've had through much of the last few years, which is China. Although China continues to sort of steadily grow, we remain concerned about the fact that the economy is imbalanced, trying to rebalance at a time of slowing growth and concerned about um, very high debt levels in parts of the economy that haven't been dealt with thus far by the Chinese leadership. And then just maybe taking us through to South Africa, a sentiment in South Africa has turned materially positive since the ANC elective conference in December. 
What do you think this means for our economy and investor confidence uh, going forward? I'm very optimistic about the SA economy. I think that it's been very tough for many years. We've been in recessionary conditions. I think that right now we are not far away from the kind of virtue cycle that we've almost forgotten can exist in a place like South Africa. I think one can easily envisage how it happens. We've got high commodity prices, strong balance of payments that will fuel stronger and stronger rand, that fuels low inflation, allows the central bank to cut interest rates, that will um, free up disposable income for consumers. I think that uh, households and corporates and banks all have very strong balance sheets. They're all under leveraged. They haven't been spending in the last few years because not because their balance sheets were blown, but because of a crisis of confidence. And I think that you will see progressively through the year consumers and households spending, investing, that will drive further economic activity with a multiplier effect through the economy. And so I think that we are on the cusp of the kind of virtuous cycle we haven't experienced in the last five or six years, but we've all lived through them in South Africa. And, and, and when they come, typically the results exceed expectations. So we're actually very optimistic about the economy and what's coming. So let's just take that into what it means for portfolios, because we know that good economic growth, if already priced in the markets, doesn't necessarily mean that that's where we're going to put our money. Can you tell us how we position from an asset allocation point of view in our multi-asset class funds? In particular, if you look at 2017, we had a healthy way to SA listed property. What are we doing there, especially given the sell-off in, in January? We were low in um, SA bonds and also just in terms of offshore weighting, how are we looking now? So the first big change in asset allocation is that we have been at the regulatory cap offshore for all of the last decade. And for the first time, we currently sit below the regulatory cap. And so we've taken profits on our offshore investments. And the reason for that is certainly nothing to do with the currency. It's not a currency view. It's a view on the valuations we're finding in global markets. We think that bonds are very overvalued. We think it could well be the bubble of our time. And although there's been some unwind, we think we're in the early stages of a very big move and uh, we don't have any exposure to global bonds. Global equities, as I refer to, we've had very healthy exposure to for many years and we have taken profits on that. We still retain, retain a substantial investment, but we're no longer at maximum levels. And then in the domestic market, we retain a healthy position in SA equities. We retain a meaningful position in property. They're pretty even-sized buckets to that property exposure. The first third or so is UK property stocks. UK property stocks are very cheap. Investors are worried about Brexit. They're worried about the future of shopping centers in a digital world. But we think that the valuations are extremely attractive, particularly for high-quality assets, which are the only assets we own. And the second bucket would be typical South African REITs, stocks like Growth Point and Redefine and Investic Property, which we think... Um, offer 8, 9, 10% initial yields with the likelihood that they will grow distributions by kind of 5, 6% levels per annum. And we think that that will give you comfortably double digit returns. And the final bucket within the property holdings is the A property shares, um, which we think are hybrid instruments. We think that they have some of the qualities of typical property income streams, but also have a lot more in common with um, corporate step up bonds. Um, but the yields, initial yields are very attractive. And we think that they also will give double-digit type returns in the years ahead. The low bond weighting we have 
um, is large. I wouldn't want to interpret as, as massive skepticism towards the asset class. We don't think it's horribly overvalued or anything. It's really a question of we think there's more attractive options elsewhere. And so the full position in property and equities um, necessarily implies a smaller weighting in fixed rate bonds. And I mean, let's just drill that down further. For us, we're, uh, it's, it's about the, under, the valuation of the underlying securities. We're a stock picking house. If you look at the SA equity weighting in particular, um, can you talk us through the main stock picks that make up the portfolio today? So I think the, the key points would be that as optimistic as we are about the economy, the market is an efficient discounting machine and the market very quickly digested the very positive results coming out of the elective conference in December. And we have a lot of the very well-known, more liquid domestic stocks now sitting on very, very expensive ratings and valuations. Stocks like Bidvest, Imperial, Mr. Price trade on eye-watering multiples, and we have no exposure there. Where we find in most value is your higher quality, more defensive businesses, businesses that may not show a massive step up in earnings in the next year or two, but will participate in the stronger economy and are cheap. And it's our experience as a manager with a quality bias that if you can ever avail yourself of quality assets at a fair price, you should take the opportunity because over long periods of time, they surprise with how they grow their underlying value. And so we've taken the opportunity to increase our exposure to the higher quality, more defensive businesses stocks or industries like food retailers, food producers, and the domestic hospitals. We retain a meaningful position in some of the global stocks that happen to be listed on the JSE. That again is not a currency view, that is a view on the stock specifics. We think a share like British American Tobacco is one of the cheapest stocks in global markets. We're lucky enough to have it listed in on the JSE and we have a big position in the company. We retain a big position in a stock like Naspers, but that stock peaked in our equity house view portfolios at 18% of portfolio. It's currently just over nine. So we've taken a lot of profits, more than 10% in profits in the last 12 months. We still think it's attractive and the discount to the underlying 10 cent holding is meaningful, but we are much more concerned about 10 cent and its high rating. Our key point is as attractive as the valuation is, we think that with the share price having doubled over the last two years or so, the risks have significantly increased. The margin of safety isn't what it was and the risks of a permanent loss of capital weigh as heavily in our minds as the upside we currently see. So although it remains a big position in our portfolios, it's nothing like it has been over the last two or three years. We are quite concerned about the risk of a structurally high exposure to NASPERS in the South African savings industry, given that we are stakeholders in the savings industry as, as all participants are. If I were to ask you, if you had a post-it note above your desk that outlined what are the key challenges of managing money in the SA market? Well, what would that note say? A difficult question. I mean, I think that managing money in South Africa is very hard. One, because it's a small country in the southern tip of Africa and the tectonic plates sort of feel like they move under you almost every year. You know, we had a massive move in the commodity cycle two, three years ago. We've had massive moves in the currency the entire future, economic future of South Africa hung in the balance in December and ended up coming through very positively, but the, the vote was close and it could easily have gone very negatively and had and will continue to have fundamental implications for the pricing of domestic assets. So the tectonic plates are, are moving underneath you to an extent that you, I don't think one experiences in the more stable, mature 
democracies of the planet. So pricing, and as a, as a consequence of that, pricing is all over the place. And then I think another consideration, another challenge is the fact that, that our markets are just so concentrated. You know, speaking to very good in, international investors, they express surprise that we can have weightings in benchmarks more than 3%. You know, these people are accustomed to a stock like Apple at 3 or 4% and they feel that's high. It's, we're used to having stocks in the property sector, equity sector at very high levels. And, and I think that that presents a challenge for the passive industry, for the active industry to stick to the disciplines of seeking out the best risk adjusted returns in markets, knowing that active decisions one makes may lead to short term underperformance over periods of up to two, three, four years, just because markets and benchmarks are just so concentrated. I think it makes it challenging, but I think it also does open up opportunity to the more patient and longer term investors out there as difficult as it is to take advantage of that. Super. Thank you very much, Carl, for joining us. Um, and thank you for listening in. Stay tuned or tune in for more in our investment outlook, uh, which can be found on our podcast channel, which you can access via correspondent app or the website, alternatively download directly from iTunes. <laughs>